You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus. Episode 46. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lynn Niehaus, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters while you discover the path to a home that inspires you. You will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful Welcome. Welcome to episode 46. I am so happy you joined me today. I want to share with you some information that blew my mind. Um, I'm just going to, it really is one of those things. And this whole podcast is based off of a piece of information that was just sort of loosely thrown out in a book I was reading and it transformed the way I've been seeing so many things after the last over the last couple of weeks um, particularly as I had that open time to to think uh, while we were traveling we just returned from two weeks in France most of our time was spent in Paris which was lovely and wonderful um, you can probably tell, though, that I brought back with me, in addition to some delicious soaps and jellies, <laughs> um, a, a nice little cold. So I'm going to power try and power through this information um, with this cold because it's so timely. And that was the reason I wanted to share it with you today. We're going to be talking about chakras. And you might have thought that, oh, everything you already know, you know about chakras. Or it's not really something you're interested in because it's a little too woo for you. Um, it's a little bit, you know, farther out there. Or you don't know what they would have to do, you know, with you. And particularly what they would have to do with, you know, how you feel in your space. Um, and we're going to talk primarily about the science of chakras, which before I tell you what I'm going to tell you, that might not make a lot of sense, but we're going to give you some uh, probably more information than you've ever really had about chakras. Because I know for me, it's something that I've known about you know, made comments like, oh, well, this chakra feels off or this chakra feels too strong or um, just, you know, things that I had inferred about the way that I felt or was acting or was doing just based off of my own limited knowledge and my knowledge coming primarily from the, what I've learned in you know the yogic traditions and the yogic understanding of chakras but what i'm going to tell you today is exactly what they are in regards to our western interpretation of the body 
and why it's important to understand them on a deeper level, especially if you see yourself repeating patterns or not being able to let go of beliefs that you know are holding you back or maybe even you know they're not true and you just can't seem to shake them or you can't seem to shake habits or feel like you're in just a constant rut. Um, And even see that in your home. I find so often people see in their home things over and over that or allow allow things to happen with their home because they feel like there's really no way out of it or some other time in their future things are going to change. So even when I was starting to write my notes for this episode and bring everything together, I, instead of writing the title on the page, um, wheels of life, the chakras as the wheels of life and the energy centers that they are, which we're going to talk about, I wrote the word I I left out the H just as I was writing really quickly. And I looked at it because I've learned there's information. There's information in our mistakes. There's information in our tiniest mistakes. And you can think of it as, you know, a Freudian slip. But our chakras are actually a wellspring of information when we learn the skill of communicating with them. And their information about our physical selves, because, you know, so often we think of them as, you know, these supposed things that are, you know, in our, you know, in our bodies. But really, there are energy centers that house and store the information of who we are, who we think we are, and how and where we connect to others and to our environment. So seeing them as wells, um, as opposed to wheels, I think it's really important context to start from. So a lot of the information that I'm going to be sharing is from Alberto Fialdo's, and I always struggle, I always struggle with his last name, um, book, The Wisdom Wheel. It's his newest book. It's extraordinary. If um, you are interested in at all in the shamanistic tradition and the relationship of healing between cultures, he's a medical anthropologist and he has spent his life studying how different cultures integrate their healing wisdom and traditions, their stories, um, all of that. Uh, and weaving it together in the relationship that we have as humans with the planet that we live on. And there was a couple of reasons I said that I felt like this is so timely. Um, There's a couple of reasons why I felt so compelled to talk about this subject. First of all, if you've learned anything about chakras or have been around my podcast for a little bit, um, you've heard me reference that the different chakras correspond to each each one. And we're going to be talking about um, the seven chakras, even though a couple of the different traditions use only five chakras. We're going to talk about the more traditional understanding of the, um, the chakras that you hear about more often. And again, I'm going to tell you the biological reason that we're going to be talking about the seven as well. 
But the each different chakra corresponds with a color. And when you put them all together, they're a beautiful rainbow of light. And reading when I was reading when I was on vacation and with it being Pride Month and the the rainbow flag being everywhere, everything, I'm seeing it all over Instagram and Facebook. It's so, it, you recognize what a strong symbol it is of simultaneously unity and also authenticity and expression. And that's exactly what we can tap into when we tap into our chakras and make sure everything is working as it should be. So I'm going to start by just reading you this passage that blew my mind and started me on this new way of seeing so many different things. And again, this is from The Wisdom Wheel. Chakras connect the cells and tissues of the body to our personal energy field and quantum field. They transform biophotons, which contain information from the quantum field into electrical and hormonal signals essential for our health and well-being. All of the energy our bodies take in ultimately originates from the sun. And again, you think about it, the, you know, the food we eat, everything comes from the energy that's, unless it's a synthetic, um, which is really important to recognize why, you know, we, we want to eliminate synthetic products from our body. That's just an aside. Um, again, back to uh, what Alberto said, each indigenous wisdom tradition recognized these chakras, five in some traditions and or seven in the Hindu yogic system that you hear increasingly thrown around. The seven chakra system corresponds to our physiology and coincides with the seven major endocrine glands and nerve plexuses in the body. It, they are the place within the body where those seven major endocrine glands and those nerve plexuses, those nerve bundles come together. And it only happens principally, the largest ones, in the location of what's through time and tradition and all these different understandings throughout the world, even long before we were a global community, when we had no connection to each other, each tradition had, before they even understood the biology of what was going on in those places. The chakras are located where the endocrine and nerve bundles coincide. A meeting of the central nervous system and the hormonal system. So our electrical system within our bodies coinciding with the chemical system within our bodies. It is the place where those things come together. And as a woman over 50 and 
I'm about to be almost midway into her 50s. I've noticed myself as I have started to, you know, experience and and I'm I've been quite lucky that um, as I've started to experience, you know, menopause and going through it, I have noticed that whenever I fall into that momentary instance of fear or self-doubt or um, just that disruption in my body, those are the things that would trigger what would be a hot flash. I've developed a way to work through them where I kind of just relax and breathe through it and it can go away pretty quickly as long as I'm in you know a good space, I've been eating well, uh, but I've really noticed that I can control whether or not they are coming and how intense they are when they come. And understanding this piece of information, even though that I put that together probably about a year ago is when I finally put those two pieces together. Understanding this, this relationship, this direct correlation in seven different pieces of my body where my electrochemical where that electrochemical union happens, it made so much sense to me. So even if we break this statement down, that chakras being our personal energy fields, our personal energy resources that we have within our body, think about the multi-billion dollar industry that's invested in trying to build up our energy, increase our energy levels, increase our stamina, um, increase our ability to function as humans in the world. What if there are things that are slowing those energy systems down that we actually can tap into and, and, and build up on our own, increase on our own, create more energy within ourselves and healthy energy, healthy, strong energy that flows through our bodies in a way that not only just sustains us, but helps us to thrive. And what if we could translate that energy just by being able to control it within ourselves into our environment, our larger environment, to influence both the energy in our spaces and the way we feel in our spaces and how all that ties together and rea- and and um, becomes reactionary and just a beautiful feedback loop. And so that's what we want to talk about today. At the end of this episode, we're going, I'm going to lead you through an exercise that you can do. And I'm just going to tell you how to do it. Um, as opposed to creating a whole meditation for it. So it's something that you can do as quickly as you want. If you just need a quick, you know, refresher, a quick, a quick boost, or you're feeling kind of off, or as, a, you know, a personal energetic retreat. If you want to take the time to really go through it, I recommend the very first time you do the exercise that I share with you at the end of this episode. 
Um, you're going to want to bookmark this episode, you know, whether you download or, you know, save it um, so that you'll have access because I know that or you can buy <laughs> or you can buy the book that I got it from, which, again, is Alberto Vialdo's um, Wisdom Wheel book where he takes you through this cleansing exercise of your chakras. And so all of that exercise was pulled directly from my experience with the exercise that he taught in the book and one of the things that chakras understanding chakras gives us the opportunity to do that western medicine doesn't give us is the ability to be visual in our own personal healing our own personal alignment and I remember so clearly and it's probably one of the things that made the largest impact on me from all the billions of episodes that I watched of Oprah's show when she was live. It was a little boy that she had had on who had cured himself of brain cancer And he described how he did it. He said that he had imagined at the time, we all knew the Space Invaders video game where there's the little spaceship and the little things descending and you shoot the little rays out of the ship um, and and you shoot the, um, you know, the little guys that are descending down on you. And he said that's what he would imagine. He would imagine this tiny spaceship in his head blasting away at the cells of his brain tumor. And as soon as he started doing that, the doctors started seeing a regression in his tumor until eventually he was gone and he had been cancer-free for um, some time. I don't remember specifically. But there were no reoccurrence. And one of the things that impressed me the most and it might have been the way that Oprah asked him so clearly was what came through was his belief his belief so strongly that this was both what he was capable of doing that it was going to work and that he had this ability he had this ability to cure himself and that just stuck somewhere in me and it stayed with me for so much of my life and over these past couple years when I've started to investigate that within my life understanding through you know what the color work that I've been doing and the color healing work that I've been doing remembering just how powerful that belief is and how it's a game changer you know it's the difference between something working and something not working is having that belief so i think that's the reason that i wanted so badly to do this particular podcast was because i think so often even in my own words when i bring the terminology of chakras into what I'm talking about because I was trained in, you know, I am a molecular biologist by training. I am a scientist. Uh, When I understood, being an intuitive, I, 
I knew that there were these energy centers in their body as soon as that that information was presented to me because I could I could detect them I could understand them I could start to work with them in more holistic ways where I didn't understand exactly what was going on but once I had that piece of information where I understood that the the chakras were located in those regions of our body that had a biochemical definition um understanding that our endocrine it's the place where our endocrine system and our central nervous systems come together and just that powerful effect that that union can have was so transformative to me and suddenly so much of what i had learned and understood in these different traditions from religious traditions to um, healing traditions, medical traditions, all of it started to make sense. And in this season of the rainbow, it makes sense to talk about them now. So I'm going to just quickly guide you through each of the seven chakras as they are, as I understand them, as they've been defined to me through the different systems that they are, largely a lot of the information is coming from this book, The Wisdom Wheel, and then the other pieces of information that's helped me understand um, the chakras in the way that help me use them um, in, in my, I don't want to say daily life. I can't say that I pay attention to them on a daily basis, but help me stay in a sense of health and alignment. So the first chakra is also known as the root chakra and its color is red. It holds the fate of your physical health, your power to survive illness, disease, and aging. Uh, it is located at the base of the spine. Very often it's called the root chakra because it's, um, you know, it's the lowest one, but it it is the chakra that helps with your feelings of groundedness, connectedness, particularly to the earth itself, um, to what you're doing. It is the force of your passion. So if you think of, in so many different traditions, we think of red and passion as being related. The root chakra is certain is, is the one where those two um, where you can see that in evidence of, of what, um, in just the words we use or the, the art that comes out. The second chakra is also known as the sacral chakra. It's located two fingers down from your belly button, um, just above the pubic bone, and it is the seat of your emotional well-being. It's where you experience the power to embrace life and to hold intimacy, um, allowing yourself to explore feelings and emotions outside of what your family has expected you to pursue. What's the importance in working with this chakra? When not flowing properly, it can predispose you to suffer from fatigue, low energy, helplessness, and hopelessness. So remember at the very beginning, I referred to the chakras as the energy systems. And one of the wonderful examples that I like to 
that I've heard um, and like to reflect on is think of the difference in the energy that you have when you're going to do something that you have to do as opposed to something that you're really excited about doing. And we see it in children all the time. You know, they can be lifeless, bored, sitting there doing nothing, and all of a sudden you tell them they're going to get ice cream. They can be, you know, a limp doll turned into, you know, racing out the door. And we see in animals too, you know, you shake the bag of food and they're laying there half asleep and all of a sudden they're running. So even though these are our energy centers, um, each of the centers is going to power different parts of you. Your third chakra is your solar plexus chakra. It's the color yellow. It is located in that solar plexus area. So kind of that region where um, your rib cage, the lowest, your lowest ribs kind of come together just above your belly. Um, it's where you get those, you know, pit of your, what we call those pit of your stomach kind of feelings, that tightness or that openness. Um, the color of this chakra is yellow. Remember, we're moving up up the rainbow. This chakra holds the fate of trying to find your life's work through what you do rather than who you are and who you would become. So without releasing yourself from this, you take the long route to discover your mission and purpose in the world. It houses the fate of your professional destiny. And the chakra is where the value of being present and still lies and not wasting your energy on fruitless activities. The fourth chakra is the heart chakra. And it's sort of the connecting point. It's the point where everything works from. Um, its color is green and it holds your relationship with God and the divine as a place associated with boundless love of creation. It is the center of mystical revelation, of pure inspiration, um, where you become a clear conduit for spirit's love and wisdom. The fifth chakra is the one that is presently um, uh, not working well for me right now. It's the throat chakra. Its color is blue. It's located in the hollow of the throat. So that place like right at the base of your throat where, or the base of your neck, um, right above those where those clavicle bones come together. It's where you shed old voices, um, even those that are have have given you information that you held value in. Like I said, this is a process of letting go and learning to let go of everything in a way to see things in a new way and freshness. Even even those voices of guidance, sometimes we hold on to things for too long when they're no longer serving us. It's where you claim your authenticity, to speak in your own voice, your own truth. It is the center of communication. So not only communication between people, um, but communication with yourself, your own truth, your own authenticity. 
The sixth chakra is also known as the third eye chakra. We see it represented in a lot of um, yogic things, drawings, images. You always kind of think of it as representing meditation. Its color is indigo. And it's located in that point. It's called the third eye because it's located in that space uh, just between and slightly above your um, your two eyebrows. And it is your space of connection with the quantum field as a reciprocal where you can participate in co-creation with that field. One of, I think that's one of the reasons it's so often associated with meditation. So it's like moving outside of, of yourself into that, into that other place. There's a really beautiful visual that one of my coaches, Harriet Hale, does that gave so she calls it the arc line as opposed to the third eye which i think is helpful certainly helpful for me because you know your third eyes for me always it was disturbing to see an image you know with kind of that um that i understand that is as an invisible eye seeing into you know a more unseen realm that makes perfect sense but then I don't, I never understood, well, why would you depict it as being visible if it's invisible? So she calls it arc line, more like a unicorn horn, like this invisible unicorn horn that extends out. And that was really helpful to me in the visualization process. And that's what I encourage you to do when, if this is, you know, work you want to do on a very small scale with what I'm going to teach you. Um, or if you're expanding upon it, if you're trying to make shifts in your own personal environment, use visualizations that help you. So if there are words that aren't, aren't actually jiving, for lack of a better word, um, with, with how you can see something or how you can imagine something personally, find the definitions and the words that make sense to you because so much of what we understand about our chakras has to do with the storage of information and how we experience life in our own individual ways. The seventh chakra is the one that's often the hardest to comprehend in this day and age. It's called the crown chakra. Its color is a brilliant golden light, a brilliant golden. I don't like to call it white because it's more translucent. I like to think of all of the chakra colors as, as more translucent, almost like gems when they're in their, you know, clearest and most working, you know, perfect state. The just having returned from you know multiple museum visits and seeing all of this renaissance art and even pre-renaissance art you know medieval art paintings created in the um you know in the the 11th and 12th 13th centuries so often the people depicted in the in the paintings 
had this, you know, this almost this golden crown that extended out around their head. And very often, especially in some of the churches um, in Italy, and we even saw some of these works in France, um, they were even gold-leafed. They were gilded in a way to draw attention to it. So your seventh chakra is the center of your pure being and bliss. It's connecting you to your divine destiny and your great mystery. It's where you experience freedom from limiting beliefs and the ideas of who you are. So I want to read you just these words directly from Alberto Violdo because I don't think I've ever heard had it explained as well as as this. I don't think you could explain it any better than this. It's in this chakra you're liberated from the fate of missing the forest for the trees, of failing to see the hand of spirit everywhere. So in our quest for moving into alignment or creating an atmosphere that inspires us and fits where we feel like we fit, I think that's the perfect description of just the crown chakra being that relationship to what, you know, to, to what is larger than us. Your chakras act like hard drives. They are the places that hold all of the data, the experiences, the trauma um, that you've experienced or maybe that it's you know been experienced generationally but the good thing about that is it's not the hardware that has the problem in and I don't want to problems probably not the best word for me to use in this situation but it's not the hardware that we are working with as much as the software we're working with the information that's going into those hard drives and making sure that it aligns and it is the it is truest to us that it's not misinformation that's going in there and so that's what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how we can clean up those that information so like I said I'm going to give you an exercise that you're going to be able to do um, when we're all done but before we go into that exercise the other thing I want to caution you is so often we spend a lot of time at kind of identifying where the problem is and trying to fix just that uh, that problem and what I found since I've started working through the chakras, started incorporating light and color into, you know, my understanding of my environment and my healing and design and design as a source for healing, the thing that I found most strongly is that it's more about flow than it is about isolation and that's one of the mistakes that it's what it's it's that that place where um, I find most often that 
this these things intersect where we can derive what we need how we make decisions what we bring into our lives what we bring into our space is by understanding that it's more about flow and how things work together and how things work off of each other and how things connect to each other than it is about an individual piece of change and some of the examples that I've had of that first off is uh, so often I found that people don't want to fix something or do something because they know as soon as they do they'll start to find that everything else will start to look old that's an excuse that a lot of people have told me over time that that they've given to me for not doing something. Um, oftentimes, people ask me, um, you know, one of my favorite questions that people ask is, you know, they'll have a room that doesn't feel cohesive. And they'll ask me, what accent color should I use? And while that's a really important question, it's not necessarily going to fix the room. Sometimes it's more about working with what's already there and making sure everything is balanced and playing off of each other. And usually there are some, you know, some elements missing or maybe some elements that are just too much and be and need to be taken away. All of those things are the same things within us. And sometimes people have just lost the ability to see what their space is what's good about it because they're so focused on what's missing they're so focused on what the problem might be so i think that when in the western world we started bringing you know this information in um, especially as yoga started to populate all of our gyms and and we started to westernize that as well we had a tendency to you know, we learn about, I know I did, I absolutely did when I first, um, when I first started learning about the chakras, when I first started learning about crystals, I wanted to know which crystal fixed which chakra, um, as if there's, you know, something inherently broken in different parts of me because things weren't working and not understanding that it was more a relationship between things and a flow that created the harmony that I was that I was seeking um, and so when I spent more time focusing on the harmony and the the way things worked together and what was working well then what the problems were the happier I was the more um, complete I felt the more whole I felt and that's what you're going to find when you start to do work within yourself with the chakras. So this exercise, when done leisurely, um, it can take about 15 minutes. Like I said, I'm not going to do the whole exercise here with you um, because some of you're going to find that some of the areas you're going to want to spend a little bit more time on. And maybe the first time you do it, you're... Um, it doesn't quite, you can't quite tap into intuitively as much as, as you would like. And so you don't experience your connection to your chakras. And that's really the beauty of this exercise. And I have to say, honestly, after all the, all the things I've done, um, this exercise was the first one where I ever felt like I could honestly 
more than visualize my chakras. I could actually interact with them and um, manipulate them, which is pretty exciting. So you want to begin by making sure you're in a really good state of mind. This isn't something you do when you're mad. This isn't something you do when you're super tired. This isn't something you... um, It is something you can do in a restful way after you've done it for, you know, done it a couple of times and gotten really comfortable with it. But the first time you want to come in it in a clean, healthy, open state of mind, well hydrated in a space that you can be completely comfortable in where you don't feel like anyone's going to judge you or question what you're doing. Um, So if that means being, you know, at home alone or locked in the bathroom, whatever you need to find your own privacy. Um, I recommend doing that because you do want to be open. And like I said, if the first time you do it, you don't actually um, take some time to to really tap in. And I feel confident that if if you're here, if you're listening, if you've been hanging around the podcast for a while, um, you you know that you have the ability to tap into your own intuition, your own Um, your own energetic systems. So just begin by trusting that you can do this, that you can tap into your own energetic systems. So you want to stand up in a place where you have enough room to not feel constricted. It doesn't have to be a large amount of space because we're not going to be moving around very much. Um, You want to separate your feet about shoulder width apart and just stand comfortably, kind of relax your knees, Um, start by just sort of shaking everything out and letting everything be loose and comfortable. And then you're going to take your, um, also barefoot, if you can possibly be barefoot, um, that's always good to, to just connect to the feeling of whatever you're against. Um, you're going to start by placing your left hand at the base of your spine. So right at the base of that root root chakra. Then you're going to take your right hand and you're going to place it in front of your left hand on the other side of your body. And you're going to hold it there just outside of your body, not quite touching. Um, I find it easier to not start by touching I think the first time I did this, um, you know, I kind of touched my body first and then moved my hand out. I find that if I just move my hand in and then stop when I start to feel a little bit of um, resistance, for lack of a better word. And then give yourself a second because your chakras aren't in exact locations. They are, um, they can kind of move around. And for a visual to do this work, your sh- think of your chakra as, as a whirlpool. So often I had been taught, because they're, they're spinning, um, so often I had been taught to think of them as, you know, balls or balls of light or, you know, these globes of, of a, a beautiful, you know, crystal globe of gem. Um, I found it very, and however you visualize is best, but when you think of the biological structure of what's going on in that space, like I said, where the, um, where your endocrine glands are intersecting with that, those nerve 
plexus. You can think of it more cone-shaped, more like a funnel or more like a whirlpool. And you're just going to want to be quiet and just start to feel it spinning in that clockwise motion. So if it takes moving your hand around a little bit until you can locate where sort of it feels like it vibrates a little bit more. So again, your left hand is is pressed against your body for the, you know, for the most part, not pushing hard, but just resting gently there. And your right hand is just out in front of your body and you locate that clock wise spin and I do think of it as a funnel um, like I said so I'm looking down into the funnel of the clockwise spin now what you're going to do is you're going to visualize that spin stopping and starting to slowly spin in the opposite direction so now you've got that chakra going counterclockwise and as it starts to do that, you might be able to feel, sometimes I'll feel even in my left hand, left arm, um, it's kind of chunky. Um, <laughs> you might feel some gas bubbles moving around, but it starts to feel sort of sticky and it's having trouble doing this. And you just want to let it to spin. And then as it starts to move all that stickiness, imagine you're kind of just flicking it away. When you hit a sticky spot, flick it away. If there's any cobwebs gathering down towards the base of your of the whirlpool, flick those out as well. Um, even if they can, if it starts to spin and some shards seem to feel like they want to get off, you know, come shooting out, go ahead and let them. That's really important because those are the places where the where you're holding trauma, where you're holding past experiences, where you're holding misinformation um, or information that could have been true at one time but no longer serving you. So oftentimes as you do this, you might feel, you might remember something that you, you might not want to um, have remembered but just let it go just let it you know just flick it away into and don't even you know don't dwell on it just let it move and then once it feels like it's it's moving at a quicker pace at um, without a lot of restrictions then what you want to do is just take your two fingers and do two taps on that area and let it start spinning in the clockwise direction again And then before you go on to the next chakra, you're going to want to let this root chakra connect to the rhythm of your heart and use that as the baseline for, for its spinning. And if you really, if you happen to be outside doing this or you really want to just connect fully to the earth, um, you can make the sound ohm and just really harmonize your chakra with um, just the sense of the movement of nature as well. So once you've done that, you want to move up into um, just up your, your lower back a little ways 
and just move your hand in front of where you would find your second chakra and you want to repeat the process and you want to go slowly up each one once you get to um, when you're at your heart chakra like I said I'm not going to take you through the you know the whole exercise together um, for me and I find like the natural place where my left hand is able to to go towards my back again not pushing all the way against it um, is sort of the natural the farthest up place is, is sort of the natural place where um, I feel the that energetic movement of my heart chakra and then once I move up into my throat chakra I lift my arm up and then go over my shoulder and then again just lightly pressing my hand against my um against the base of my neck and then holding my right hand over just that area in front of my throat as I move into my throat chakra and then up into my third eye chakra and then once you reach your seventh chakra I just keep my hand slightly above the crown of my head I don't rest it all the way and then I put my right hand just in that area in front and I very often feel um, heat that feels very warm so don't be surprised with anything you experience and don't be surprised if you don't experience it as well um, give yourself the grace to go through this one time and just go through the motions and you're not feeling anything um, anything yet and set yourself a time make your, uh, give yourself a date to be able to to practice it again until you really do start to feel this um, this is one of those things that feels so good um, once you get the hang of it and you can do it comfortably and it's one of those things that we forget how good it feels um, like so many things like the great workout that you do and it's just so blown away at how good you feel and then you know six months later you thought why haven't I done that again um, this is really important to do and again I just want to caution you to um, not try to just go in and try and hit one individual um, chakra what we you know at a time just because you feel like something's off it's about the flow it's about moving that flow so once you're done with the seventh chakra before you end the exercise what you want to do is just go back to your base chakra and just give it another check and then just move your hand all the way up your hands and make sure each one of them is is spinning well and strong and clean the other thing I like to do as I go through each one um, as soon as I start to spin them back in the correct direction um, again in my mind I'm kind of imagining it um, I see them as their glowing color that they are just that crystal clear ruby red soft glowing um, with this just you know that sense of brightness of orange that clean clear crisp yellow um, that beautiful glowing bright green that just brilliant magnificent blue the indigo just bright um, and deep and just that wealth of information and then just that glowing golden crown 
So let me know how this works for you. And as you do this, as you start to recognize areas in yourself that need, um, that you're finding greater strength in by, by doing this practice, by under, by, you know, working through this understanding, look at your larger environment and see if there's anything there that's not, that doesn't feel aligned with what you're doing and make sure that you are taking the actions and by taking the actions I mean just start by observing by noticing by understanding you know if there's a a one place in your home where it feels like it's connected to one emotion that you're having come back to this Um, I really encourage you if you haven't already gone through this um, take some notes I find that super helpful when I'm working with chakras because sometimes the the information from one to another it seems similar on the surface but as I get more comfortable our language doesn't always differentiate specifically like communication is a, is a good one. Um, communication with others as opposed to communication with ourselves and what we really need and then communication in a larger, more spiritual sense. So those could all be referred to as communication, but they're going to work in different areas of our body. So let me know how it goes. Let me know if this is something that you... Um, struggle a little bit with if you found such just a kind of a wave of joy like I did when I first did this like a, it was almost like a a, a, um, a freedom wash I want to say for um, as as a description it felt like I could just kind of everything sort of loosened up and it it felt clearer and um, a lot less restriction within myself and my my ability to move I mean, it was just instantaneous I, I felt better once I was once I was done with this the very first time um let me know um you can always head over to the, the podcast forum page um you can also shoot me a dm on instagram um just let me know how it goes and if there's anything that you feel like you need help or guidance through in this topic or any topic where you're feeling stuck in your space um just let me know because that's why i'm here have a wonderful week my friends and take care thank you for joining me here today on the in her eyes podcast if you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. 
And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with, or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of that page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.